Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, what's up? Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. You want to be part of the conversation this afternoon, you can join us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Uh, C Spire text line is open to you as well at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Let C Spire help with all of your business te- uh, needs with the authority team. Whatever it is that you need in terms of technology, let them help you be your best. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. A weekend of basketball is in the books. Uh, this was a slower sports weekend than a lot of the ones that we have had recently. You had some really good college basketball this weekend. The uh, the golf, if you were looking for that, got pushed into a Monday finish, and that's that's never great. Uh, Pro Bowl stuff? Did, did you allow yourself? Did you make yourself watch any of the flag football Pro Bowl skills competition thingy stuff? I did a little. I mean, it's what you expected. I, I did get a kick out of the people saying, oh, the Pro Bowl's ruined. Like, did you, did you see it last year? It's been ruined. It's been a joke for a while. Although, watching Peyton Manning cry and carry on about uh, – taking a knee in a flag football game that, in his mind, should have been a penalty because you had to throw the ball further than five yards down the field every play. But Eli's team was told that they could take a knee by the refs and Peyton's on the field. And, like, not joking mad. Like, he was actually mad that he lost that game. That was funny. But Pro Bowl sucked for a long time. Did did David Cutcliffe tell the flag football story on the radio with us at Media Days, or did he tell me that? So. All right, so David Cutcliffe is in his office at uh, at SEC headquarters, and he and Peyton still talk on a fairly regular basis, and Peyton sends him a text message that says, hey, Coach, give me a call when you get a second. I got something I need to talk to you about. And so Cut, once he gets settled in, he picks up the phone, hey, Peyton, what's up? Hey, um, I'm coaching my son's flag football team. I need some plays. I, I'm sorry, what? No, no, seriously, Coach, Like, I, I need some plays, and they better be winners. Like, I, I need plays that are going to win games in flag football. 
And all right, I'll talk to you soon. And so David Cutcliffe draws up some offensive flag football plays. He sends them to Peyton Manning. I just wonder if any of those plays got carried on to the Pro Bowl or if there was a new call, like, hey, the uh, the youth flag football plays were good, but this is a this is different, Coach. I, I need some I need some more flag football plays from his old offensive coordinator. Hmm. I like to win, but geez. There is a competitive drive there that I don't know if we can understand. It's just different. Yeah. It is totally different. Although I'm, I'm looking forward to If we don't do it today, I want to do it this week of uh, talking about Tom Brady because he is going to assume his role at Fox next year. So not this season, next year. What would you do if you had tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions in the bank in 18 months with nothing to do before you have to start working again? Because... You want something more specific than whatever you want as yes. the answer? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what actually would you do? Because Brady's an uber competitive guy, obviously. I mean, you can't want to, with all that money in the bank in seven Super Bowls already, and honestly, jeopardize your marriage and possibly lose your marriage as a result of you returning to play again at 45, standing there. Well, 325-pound men try to bury you into the ground if you're not a next-level, like, super competitor. What does a guy like that do with nothing to do? He hasn't had nothing to do his entire life, and now it's just, here's millions of dollars, and your schedule is wide open, Tom, for 18 months. Does he ever make it to the TV booth? Yes, I think so. Just too much money at state not to do it? Too much money, and you, you know, you, when you love the game so much that you're willing to risk it all to continue playing despite your age, you want to be around it. Yeah, and it's not like it's a tough job. I mean, calling one game a week on TV is—you can still have your avocado ice cream luxury lifestyle and and work. I mean, those guys work hard. Don't get me wrong, but it's just one game. Yeah, if you do it well, you work hard. Now, there are people that think Tony Romo is maybe not working as hard as he should. Colin Cowherd with the hot take that Tony Romo loves golf too much to continue to be good as an analyst uh, on the NFL. I I mean, it's possible that the farther he has gotten away from the game, his knowledge of what was happening has lessened and he hasn't maybe added the effort needed to continue to study. I think we talked about that last week uh, a little bit with some of the, uh, the Tony Romo criticism but um, I don't know. Everybody's got an opinion. But maybe that's good, right? Maybe that's why we have jobs. Uh, there's a lot to get to this afternoon, a lot to unpack, but we would be remiss not to start with uh, basketball in Starkville from the weekend. Mississippi State is forcing themselves into the conversation in places not named Sports Talk Mississippi. Right, I mean, a month ago, Brian Haydad was telling you that they're still playing hard, and I kind of saw something, and maybe it's a long shot. And then two weeks ago, not just Brian Haydad, but we collectively were going, well, they're playing hard, and, and there's some signs, and if you look at the second half of the schedule, there's an opportunity and then last week, we're like, okay, they've won three in a row, and now they've got Missouri coming in, and this is a big opportunity game, and the atmosphere is coming back to Humphrey Coliseum, and, 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 
And now everybody's taking notice. Um, Joe Lenardi still has them very much outside looking in. But they're in striking distance right now. There is, we have gone from a map that was scratched out and faded on a tattered piece of paper that had been buried in a bottle in the mud and dirt like that you could barely see a route on, you just kind of had to guess on, to a very clearly defined Google Maps printout that if they do these things, they will reach the destination. That's where we are now. The whole first part of what you were saying reminded me of that scene in Major League. We're like, you know, these guys, they aren't that bad. We just need the Chinese groundskeepers to come in here and tell us uh, how they actually are. But, yeah. Do do we know, by the way, if there's a pinup in the locker room where they're taking a a, a piece of paper off? Who is? Who would the pinup be? That would be the question. Who who would it be? In 2023, I I don't know. It's it's Joe Lenardi's wife. Who is it? I don't even know who it is. Uh, Sam Smith. I, mean, I have no idea. Mm. <laughs> it's you, Richard. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the, Borky said it. You know, the path is there, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute. But I, and I talked about it a lot on Thunder and Lightning uh, today. That when you look at the schedule and the way it sets up the rest of the way, State has a lot of opportunities to get quad one and quad two wins. And some of them might surprise you. I'll just give you one away right now. Ole Miss, as it stands right now, is a quad two opportunity for Mississippi State. They're at 125 in the net, 76 through, I've become, I have started studying my net. 76 through 135 on the road is a quad two. Now, Ole Miss has games to play between now and then. And if they lose some of them, they could drop out of that. But as it sits right now, that's a quad two opportunity for State. So, State can really put its resume together if they keep winning, but that's the key to all this. They have to keep winning. I was looking at the the remaining schedule, right? So you've got eight games left in the regular season. There are four at home and four on the road. And I think there are two categories of games here. We, We love to classify games, right, into, you know, can't lose slash must win uh, opportunity versus consequence, however you want to describe it. But there are four games that are in the can't-lose-must-win category. LSU, Ole Miss on the road, South Carolina at home, and Vanderbilt on the road. All four of those teams have a triple-digit net, right? They are 100 or farther. You don't want a loss to a team outside the top 100 on your profile especially at this point right. of the year. So and State doesn't have one. Right. So so you need those four. And then of the other four, you've got a road game at Arkansas, they're 29 in the net, a home game against Kentucky, a road game at Missouri and a home game against Texas A&M. I think you got to go 2 and 2 in those four games. 6 and 2 gets you in. 6 and 2 is that's is that 9 or 10 in the conference? That's, is that nine? That would be nine and nine. Yeah, you're in. You're in. With a I net see. in the thirties at that point. Yeah, probably like low thirty or high thirties, like thirty-eight, thirty-nine, something like that. You're yeah, in. I, I think that's. Uh, I think that's good enough on the resume. Just make one of those two losses, not South Carolina. Yeah, Absolutely. You can't, the four. The, yeah, <laughs> like four wins in the four games. Richard listed. No question. We'll be right back. Just getting started with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, in the Pearl River Resort Studios.
Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm on this Monday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Let's, um, let's stick with Mississippi State for a second. So they were hosting Missouri, and Missouri was a, a, a different type challenge. Missis, uh, Missouri is a team that scores, right? They get up and down the floor. They shoot a lot of threes. They want to play fast. They want to grab it and go. All of those things. And who are we talking with? It was Mike Kelly that we were visiting with on uh, on Friday afternoon. Yeah. And I ask about dictating pace one way or the other. You know, Mississippi State wants to slow it down. Missouri wants to play fast. How does this work out? Well, it, it worked out in favor of Mississippi State. And it worked out that way largely because... Well, well, two reasons. Mississippi State shot it okay. So so Mississippi State made some shots. So Missouri was not able to just grab it off the rebound and go the way they would like to off misses. And Mississippi State's transition defense was really, really good as well. They didn't allow when Missouri was able to just get out and run for the, uh, for the game to turn into uh, a track meet. Missouri had 11 fast break points in the game. That is a number that that's you can live with. That's not what they with. want. For, for that team, that's yeah. absolutely a number that you can live with. And another number, you know, Borky pointed this out on Friday, they average 11 steals a game. They had four. Mm-hmm. They had four in this game. State did a good job of protecting the basketball. State, if, I mean, they're three of 20 from deep. Not great. No, uh, Eric not Reed, good. that poor guy is in, in an awful slump. He was 0 of 6 to the point where I felt like Missouri was leaving him open because they weren't worried about the ball going in. But if you do the math, State was 18 of 30 inside the line. So they were getting great looks inside the line. Tolu Smith, obviously. And I don't think it's a coincidence that State has been playing better now that Tolu Smith is playing better. SEC Player of the Week, as announced today, he's the best player on the team as he goes. the team goes. And one of the things we've talked about many times on the show is the game planning for that has been great because the game plan was obviously get Tolu the ball in good looks or get him to the foul line. The problem was he wasn't making the shots. He would have good looks. They wouldn't fall. He'd go to the foul line. He couldn't hit the free throws. Saturday night he did both. He hit the shots, and when he got on the free throw line, he hit the free throws. And that's just the difference for Mississippi State. It would have made a huge difference in several games this year. And, and let's illustrate. I mean, this was his stat line, 35 minutes. 25 points on 8 of 12 shooting and 9 of 12 from the stripe with 12 rebounds, including 5 on the offensive end, Mm -hmm. 2 assists, and a block. And -hmm. again, that's in 35 minutes. He played basically the entire game. Yeah, really played well for, for Mississippi State. 
And State, you know, was in trouble late in the game when Deshaun Davis and Shaq Moore were both sitting on the bench with four fouls. And State had yeah. to go to a, an unusual lineup. Cam Matthews and DJ Jeffries were in the backcourt with Tyler Stevenson. And, uh, and you know, you had Eric Reed out there, but, I mean, you couldn't really – you were almost playing four on five on the offensive side of the ball. But Reed and Jeff – sorry, Matthews and Jeffries did a great job for Mississippi State. I protected the ball, extended the lead, and, and – they just play well. Missouri, defensively, though, that's where the game was won. Missouri averaged 83 points a game. State yeah. held them to 52. I mean, that's that's an incredible stat. Which, by the way, was their lowest out point of the season by 12, mm. I think. I think they had scored. It's either wow. 63 or 64 that they had scored three or four times, and Mississippi yeah. State held them to 52. So, Borky, and I, so now here we are. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was driving back from Nashville Saturday night. And so I was able to listen to the end of the game once I kind of got into into range. Weather keep heard... the plane down? Say what? <laughs> I did a hey dad joke. I said weather keep the plane down. Mm. <laughs> Nailed it. Touche. Touche. A twelve minute flight. I was fascinated by what Chris Jans had to say though about Cam Matthews and DJ Jeffries when they kind of had to be the co point guards with Shaq Moore and Deshaun Davis on the bench. And he said something Missouri was doing kind of played to our advantage. He said there are two things here. One, year-round we do four-on-five drills. Four offensive players against five defensive players where it's like scramble. There are traps coming from all over the place. So we, we work to prepare for that situation. He said, but number two, because Missouri was trapping so aggressively, it was catch, get rid of it, accelerate, it wasn't you've got to be strong with the basketball like a point guard for you know for 45 feet to get it into the front court. And he said that worked in our favor because, in a sense, it just turned into kind of like backyard basketball. It was get it, break the press, and either that means lower your head and drive or find the open guy, you're immediately looking for the open guy. It wasn't like those two in that scenario had to play point guard. And there were three or four possessions in a row there where Mississippi State not only broke the press, but then burned Missouri for a bucket because of that style they were playing at the end. Yeah, Missouri didn't stay in that very long, though, did they? They, they got out of that kind of quickly. Uh, not fast enough, but... and they didn't. But they didn't have a lot of choice at that point because no. they were down double digits with four or five minutes to play. Yeah. Uh, that, that was impressive. And, it, you know, the, the ball handling aspect you mentioned, that that is really interesting that... And I didn't think about this watching it. That's why he gets paid, you know, millions of dollars, and, and I don't because he sees stuff like that, and, and I don't. But I, I didn't pick up on that uh, while watching the game. That you know, there's an easy way to avoid having to have one guy handle the ball in, in a pressure situation like that the entire length of the court. Just pass your way out of it, and you don't have to worry about a guy that may not be great at handles and beating people when. They're pressing so bad, and you just boom, 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 pass it up the court, and suddenly, you know, you're working the shot clock down and running your regular offense. I did not put that together watching the game at all. And, and defense and rebounding is what's kept Jeffries on the court. You know, he's not been shooting the ball well, and he didn't shoot the ball well Saturday night. He's one of six from deep, but he had three dunks, and I think that's where he needs to concentrate more on his game. He needs to be slashing to the basket, driving to the basket, cutting. And trying to get easier looks because the three point ball is not falling for him, but he's still, you know, he's going to play because he's a good defender and, and State needs him for the ball handling as well. And, and it, we've talked about this in football 
We've talked about this in baseball, and it certainly is the case now in basketball. When you win, if you're a really good team, when you win, each game gets bigger. Like So, so you're chasing a division championship in football. You're chasing a 10-win season. You're, you're chasing an outright conference title. You win a game to get to 8-0, 9-1. That makes your next game that much bigger because the stakes are that much higher because you're that much closer. This is, this is a different yeah. scenario, but the point remains the same. Mississippi State is now yeah. in a spot where with each successive win, it's now three in a row. They'll try to make it four in a row against LSU on Wednesday night, I think? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, yeah. So, so that makes that game against LSU that much bigger than it was or would have been. And if Mississippi State wins against LSU, then what? On the road against Arkansas? Is that the one after? Arkansas. Yes. That makes that road trip to Arkansas really big. Now, the road trip to Arkansas falls into that opportunity category. Right. Yeah. That is an opportunity for Mississippi State to grab hold of its postseason fate. I don't know that losing that game, that there's a, a consequence for that loss. It right. just means your margin for error going forward is a little bit smaller, but it's a huge opportunity if you're able to somehow steal that one on the road. And Arkansas is not... Now, you would rather play Arkansas on the road than at home. Bud Walton Arena, just a hard place to play, period. Arkansas went to South Carolina this past weekend and won by two. And South Carolina had a back-cut reverse layup that they missed that was the difference in winning and losing, right? Or maybe sending it to overtime. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what the score was at that sequence. Arkansas is not unbeatable by any stretch. And and they're not not super strong down low. They're not super strong down low where State is. That's a good point. It's another interesting game, but the the you're right. There's a bit. There's a taste of survive and advance already for Mississippi State because they have to play games like they play Wednesday against LSU, where they they have to win. They can't lose that game and and, and hope to have any kind of, of of push going forward. They have to beat LSU. I wonder what Chris Jan's message is to his team right now. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. If you're Chris Chance, if you're the head coach of Mississippi State, are you talking big picture to your guys, or are you extremely micro in your approach on a game-by-game basis? Take a quick timeout. More coming up with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com. is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Pop it, 
Welcome again. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. You want to be part of the conversation? You can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Hunter in Columbus says if state is making shots and free throws, they don't have to shoot a crazy percentage. But if they make a few threes, then state is just as good as anyone in the SEC. Obviously, those are some big ifs, but they have shown improvement lately. He says Shaq Moore didn't play near the minutes he usually does, and it didn't matter. Yeah, foul trouble was an issue for, for he and Deshaun Davis. Yes, yes, both have finished the game with four fouls, and Deshaun Davis also had a technical. So just a, uh, the officiating uh, Saturday night was, was interesting. It was interesting. Not that I expected anything different. It's an SEC basketball game. But, yeah, State had to had to to shuffle things around a lot in the first half without Shaq Moore. He had two fouls early. Uh, he picked up a third foul early in the second half and uh, then had the four, and they just they, they couldn't go to him. Uh, David Ripley says, you're right, hey, Dad, it's so obvious that State goes as Tolu goes. I mean, there's just no question. I mean, you look at the first look at the first few games and the way Tolu played versus these last three games and the way Tolu's played. I mean, it's just night and day. I mean, that, that, it, this isn't it's not rocket science to say a team will usually go as its best player goes. So, you know, if if your best player is not playing well, you're probably going to lose. And if he's playing well, you got a better chance to win. Borky, we have a potential gimmick infringement here. You know all about those. Oh. Hey, Dad, I, I'm going to let you be the arbiter on this one. Mm. Ceasefire text line, State is a very good, bad team. Missing a score, but fun to watch with their defense. No, oh, you're allowed to steal Hey, Dad's gimmicks now. Do the, the reaction gift tweets, all that on game day, all that. Steal all of Hey, Dad's gimmicks. Good, bad team? I think team? it's the other way is around, that, though. You think I, think, I think State's a bad, good team. They they have they're a good team, but they have a flaw, and that's what makes them bad. But if they if they just had one thing, they're one thing away from being a good team. That's a good that's a bad good team. If you say they're one thing away from being a good team, that means they're a bad team that's good, not the other way around. They're a bad good team. I'm just talking about an actual good team. Take the bad off. They just had a shooter. They had Iverson Molinar. They had DJ Stewart. Hmm. A good bad team has multiple flaws, but is somehow like competitive and winning anyway. They win games, yeah. State is State's a good team. They should be winning more than they they have, but they have they, they weren't good shooting the ball well. Uh, and what's the conversation today if they just like make half of their free throws in Athens? Oh, if they had beaten Georgia, yeah, I mean. They're 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 on the right side of the bubble, probably. To be honest with you, just win that game, just change that result. Yeah. Borky, yeah. Mike sent us a text message, and I trust Mike, but can we double check this before we put this out there? Yeah, I've actually uh, sent a message to trying to to see because I haven't seen it anywhere else. But yeah. Um. Knowing Mike, he wouldn't lie like that, though. No, I just, Mike, you know, you know, I love you, and you know, I trust you. I just, we got to be careful putting something out without some confirmation on that. Um, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. 
I can see all kind of bad things. Wait. Oh, goodness, that's from... I have no idea what that is. A message from Dan and Hattiesburg. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, So I asked before the break. I I asked you this question before the break. If you are Chris Jans, how are you addressing your team right now? Are are you talking big picture? Richard Ole Miss has tweeted what... Richard Ole Miss has tweeted what... What Mike Thank you. Us. All right, so Mike sent us a message just a few minutes ago. Uh, it was a Reb Alert text message uh, that says, Urgent, the University Police Department, UPD, is investigating a bomb threat at the pavilion. UPD evacuated the building and is asking everyone to avoid the area at this time. So if you are in or around the Ole Miss campus, close to the pavilion, the football stadium, the Turner Center, the tennis courts, the... Practice, Manning Center practice facility, you need to evacuate that area and try to stay clear of that area. So UPD is investigating a bomb threat at the pavilion. Is that what the Ole Miss Twitter said as well? Yes. Uh, let me read it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. Mike, thank you for uh, for that message. And uh, you, you know that uh, I trust you on that. It's just that's like one of those two confirmations before you put something like out there. It's like there was one day of journalism school where I paid attention. Um, okay. So we will uh, keep you up to date with that as uh, whatever news comes from it. You hope that it's just a threat and not something that is uh, actual. Hmm. Chris in Oxford says Mississippi State is the best good-bad team I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay, they're good. They're good. good. Yeah, we're, we're getting into semantics here. Love it. Yeah, and and I do. Okay, so the, the question I was going to ask, and, and the the larger idea that I was trying to get to was, if you're Chris Jans, do you go to your guys and say, "Look, you remember a month ago when I was telling you we're in a really hard part of our schedule, but if you will keep plugging, if you'll keep doing the things we'll ask you to do, it's going to get better." The schedule's going to turn, and you're going to start winning some games. Now that that has happened, do you revisit that and say, guys, I told you this was going to how it's play out, and now it's, this is how it's playing out. Here's what's in front of us if we continue to play this way. There is an opportunity for us to go to the NCAA tournament. Or are you way more micro than that? Hey, I, I've told you that if you stick to the process, we're going to get there, we're going to win. And now that you're winning, you go, hey, none of that other stuff matters. LSU's all that matters. Arkansas's all that matters. And the whole one game at a time thing. I think that's exactly how Jans would handle it. Because you know, I think that's how most coaches like to handle things. They, they don't like to talk about the next game beyond the next game. Um, Jans talked about it a little bit Saturday night after the game. But yeah, he, he's going to handle it very micro. He's, he's, his team is going to focus on LSU, and, and sort of what we just talked about, in, you know, previously that there's there's already a sort of a, a hint of, of being in March already with this team. They have to keep winning. They they do have a couple of built ins where they can they can survive a loss, but this LSU game is not one of those. That's a quad three game. You don't. It, the quad one wins are important, but I think more important is not having quad three and quad four losses. If State can finish this season, I think they're ten and zero in those games right now. So if they finish, you know, 
thirteen and zero, something like that, or wherever they would be. That that's a good plus for your resume. That hey, they didn't lose to anybody they shouldn't have lost to. They have three quad one wins right this second. They have three quad two wins right this second. They they have opportunities to add to that. I think yeah, I think Jansis is going to go literally going to be one one game at a time the rest of the way. Hmm. The kids know though, and that's what that's what you should do. That's what all coaches do. But they they know the deal. That's I love stuff like that because you can ignore it as best you can. But every single one of those players has a cell phone. Every single one of those players, you hope, go to class and they see Joey Brackets and, and they hear all that stuff. You just hope that you've got a team that's mature enough to try their best to block it out. But we know the deal. We roll our eyes at the one game at a time stuff because, you know, they, see, they know what's at it, stake. And, and that's why I was kind of asking that question. I wonder if you're better off to get it out there. Guys, you're not stupid. You follow college basketball, you know what's at stake. <laughs> We've been through the hard part. Now this is the fun part. And if we continue to play this way, making free throws, making shots, playing sound defense, sharing the basketball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to get the prize you want. But don't get caught looking ahead. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you address that. But that, I, I, Or maybe it's, you can roll it all into one. Maybe you can address the big picture but then pull it back to the micro. Yeah, it's, if you want that big picture, you can't slip up here. Maybe you use that as yeah. get your attention because you can't overlook LSU because if you do, what you're looking ahead to is gone. And that, that might be the correct answer. Hard. Yeah. I mean, first-year coach, they're, they're, they're trying to find their way. He had to replace literally the entire roster. I think we all knew it was going to be a bit of a struggle for LSU. That's yeah. not hyperbole either. It was the entire roster. Yeah, there was there was one non-scholarship player left on the roster when the new coach came in at LSU. Sports Talk Mississippi, we will uh, wrap up the first hour of the show with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Update from all this. Reb Alert. UPD concluded its sweep in response to the unconfirmed bomb threat and issued an all clear. All areas of campus have returned to normal operations. So, good news. Good news. And they'll track that phone number and figure out exactly where the call came from and figure out who called it. And that person's going to suffer some consequences. 
Bad plan. Yeah. Bump, bump the, that bad idea. The first part is done. The finding out part now is coming. Yes. Can't say what the first part is. Yeah. Mike sent us a message earlier, and uh, this probably bears some deeper discussion in the days to come. The SEC is implementing a 10-run mercy rule in conference play this year. If a team is up by 10 or more runs through seven innings, game is over. Soft. Hold on. The first time I read this, I thought it was just for Sunday games. Is it for all conference games or just for Sunday? It's for all games. Okay, for all All conference conference games. games. So the SEC is putting a 10-run rule in effect for conference games this season. So basically if you fall behind like 12 nothing after the second, you're just going to put a freshman in and say, just get us through yep. and save everybody else up for Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But you don't fold the tent that early, do you? I, mean, I don't know. Now it's part of the strategy. Certainly no later than like the fourth, I would be like, yeah, maybe we need to think about fighting another day. Yeah. It incentivizes not fighting back. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's a difference between, look, you know, we only have so many. I mean, think about State when they lost that game 27-2. to How many guys did they they go through that they could have just, you know, been like, what are we doing? Just put somebody out there, let them pitch a few innings, and we'll get we'll go to the house. Does this make Sunday games better? Might might be some pitching, pitching left, but how many games are there like this a year though? Yeah, not many, not in league play anyway. It's just soft though. Yeah, I mean, I would think when Alabama was playing Vanderbilt in basketball or football in this example, uh, do you end the game after the third quarter? When Alabama won 106 to 44 or whatever the other night, should they have called it after the under eight? I mean, I understand it when it's Mercer. What's that? Or whoever. what's it called? What's the the ending called, Borky? You know what I'm talking about. Where it's like, once you get to a certain point, you have to like if they can't cut the the spreads or whatever. Complete. What is the name of it? No, there's there's a there's a name for it. I, I'll, I'll look it up. Go ahead. But at this level, you have a scheduled amount of time to play. You play all of it. Just out of principle. I don't know how many arms this saves or whatever, or maybe it's a travel thing that they think that it could make, especially Sunday games, go by faster. I don't know. But at some point, you got to take your lumps. If you're getting smacked down and you're playing SEC baseball... Just wear it. You got to take it. Again, it'd be different if it was a Tuesday night when you're playing Central Connecticut Valley Tech State. Yeah, and and they're throw they they got guys out there throwing 65 mile an hour fastballs and have no business being on the field with you. That's different. I get that. I, I got no issue with it in midweek games, but on I mean, there's a longer term strategy there also, right? I mean, and that's kind of where Haydad started a second ago, is if you beat the brains out of a team, you should be able to force them to have to use more pitching. Yes. 
Yeah. Why, why, why do they catch a break and maybe save two arms for a third game in the series? Now, with that said, there are all kinds of scenarios already where we have seven-inning baseball games in the SEC. So it's not like it's completely out of left field, but those are all weather and schedule related. And it's a it's kind of a weird deal, right? I mean, if you get rained out on day one of a weekend series, you can play a nine-inning doubleheader on day two. But if you have a weather issue that forces any kind of a two-game setup on day three, you can only you, you can only play a seven-inning doubleheader on day three. Or if you have to complete a game from earlier in the week, let, let's say you get through the seventh inning and you got two innings left to play on Sunday, then you can only play a seven-inning game for the second game. And I think they would say that's travel-related and whatever else, but I don't know. Part of the beauty of baseball is that there's there's not a clock. You play it till it's over. Yep. It play is incumbent on whistle. you as the home team to record 27 outs. Or for the visiting team to record 27 outs to win. Mm. Mike points out that Ole Miss was down 9-1 to to after 7-2 to LSU in 2021 when they won it with Alderman's walk-off. Now, that was within the window, but still. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Oh man, would today be good? Pristine. You got that mid sixties, little bit of breeze, blue skies, sunshine. Where were you? We missed you. Welcome back. Please don't leave again. Might even be a seven in front of that temperature. Maybe. Maybe where you are. Having me. Both you guys, like you're wearing long sleeves. I'm in shorts here. Good for you, Hayden. Not allowed to wear shorts in the office. I mean, I guess I'm allowed, but it would be preferred you if I did. Need a better office is all I'm saying. The uh, the point in all of that was that uh, you can book your tea time at DancingRabbitGolf.com. It's not like this every day this time of year, but be sure to take advantage of the days that are great golf. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Book your tea time, plan your trip today at DancingRabbitGolf.com. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford, and Super Talk Mississippi is giving you an opportunity to win tickets. Just enter your name and contact info at one of our registration boxes located throughout the, uh, throughout the state of Mississippi, including at Weathers Auto Supply in Tupelo, Southern Business Supply in Meridian, or the Be Quick in Brookhaven, and many more. For a full list of places that you can register, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen Ticket Giveaway is brought to you in part by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. All right, it's time right now for winners and losers. All the, all the- 
What did you not like from the weekend? You can text us yours on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. It's really simple. It's winners and losers. We do it every Monday. Which of you two fine gentlemen would like to lead us off today? I'll start us off. Speaking of gimmick infringement, Borky, how about the New Orleans Pelicans? A great win on Saturday against the Los Angeles Lakers. Had to beat the officials and the Lakers at the same time. Came back from 10 down and uh, got the job done. Congrats to the Pelicans. They're a fun team. What what call in particular are you referencing? Oh, there were so many. They were all bad. Uh, All against the Pelicans were getting screwed all night. So, but they came back, showed their advert, showed their, uh, their character. Brandon Ingram with a big night at 35, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, good game. Um, just want to take the air right out of your boy, Keith. The, so I, the just, way, I just defuse that whole situation. Right? The way LeBron is officiated is gross. It, it, because he's so big and powerful and athletic, even at his age. And, my gosh, if you just breathe in his direction. But, I mean, he can do whatever. I mean, little Jose Alvarado gets just tackled on a layup and no call there because by God can't blow a whistle on LeBron when he's egregious when he's like 90 points away from some record that they talked about the entire broadcast like there's another team on the uh, court uh, hold, on, hold, on. Hold, on, hold on hold on some record is is being a little yeah he wasn't breaking it Saturday glib. night though I, I know but still it's a little glib I mean it is the all-time scoring record yeah right? it's something worth Pointing out. Pretty significant. No, the state of Mississippi in basketball, good weekend. I mean, Ole Miss lost. Who cares? The guy broadcasting the game also, you know, just whatever. Um, that guy's a winner. Yeah. That the, guy was a winner. Uh, he one, got the job done. One Richard Cross got uh, got some E-cred over the weekend. Darcy Big Cat picked him up. Yeah, yeah the, Big the Cat Internet tweeted. He's like, this guy... He's like, this is a brutal beat. And everybody in the replies were like, that announcer knew. He knew. Yeah. <laughs> what a needle. Maybe significant for some? Significant to some. Yes. I, I was I fist pumped in the car when I saw <laughs> that clip. <laughs> I mean, so, hey, I like, the my play, God. The, the, so the play that sets it up, inbound comes to Amari Abram, and he takes like an off-balance leaning three down five with the clock. Like it's an air ball. And it's snatched out of the air for a reverse layup <laughs> as time expires to take it from five and a cover to three and not a cover. Significant to some. Significant to some. Yeah, internet credit. Good job, make, Richard. You think it'll make bad beats? Ooh. It's got a chance. Yeah, it does. It's got a chance. It's a, I mean, it's a horrible beat. Vanderbilt was up, what, 11 with like 90 seconds left and they didn't Uh, cover? No, 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 no. They were up 11 with 31 seconds left. Jeez. And they didn't cover. Okay, okay, so, well, I'll hold that. Go ahead. Oh, just Southern Miss gets a big win. I I say big win, not exactly a quality opponent, but they got a win. I think they were down at half as well. They keep winning. Um, So a huge Thursday night coming. Uh, Two, I think... Both Louisiana. Louisiana has the most wins in a row in college basketball, I believe. 
And Southern Miss is like in the top, is like number seven or, or something like that in college basketball in consecutive wins. They'll meet Thursday night. That'll be awesome. And Mississippi State, meaningful basketball is fun, and they got it done as well. So basketball around here is pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'll stick with the yeah. basketball theme, and, and I'll go to Mississippi State also. And it's the guy that we talked about out of the gate today, Tolu Smith. He is – I'm not sure that it's fair to say that he is carrying Mississippi State, but as the texter earlier in the show put it, as Tolu Smith goes, so goes Mississippi State right now. His stat line, if you missed it earlier, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 8 of 12 from the field, that's highly efficient, 9 of 12 from the free throw line, come on, man. That's 75% for a guy that was like 1 of 13 in a game earlier this year. And he played 35 minutes. And 5 of his 12 rebounds came on the offensive glass. And he dished out a couple of assists and he had a block. I mean, that is a fully rounded stat line, well-rounded stat line, for Tolu Smith, and it earned him SEC Player of the Week honors, uh, deservedly so. Tolu Smith, definition of a winner this weekend. Really good, really good. Another? Anybody hey, Dad, another? Standing out. I'm no? thinking, I'm thinking. Okay. Eh. Borky, another winner? I've got losers. Okay, okay. Jim Bayheim is a loser. So, one. so and la- a whiny loser oh, to boot. A whiny loser. Now this, whatever Borky is about to say, that was not his intent. But go ahead, Borky. <laughs> so a week after he bullied a student reporter for uh, having the audacity to ask, hey, coach, is this player going to be available? And then he got mocked for uh, his face, I believe, is what Jim Beheim took exception to. The kid's face when he was asking about a player's that's the most important question you've got? That yeah, that's what he said. Yes. That's what he kept saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a player's availability for a game is kind of important, uh, but, but, Coach. Hold on, no, no, no. It's, it's a player who didn't play in that game who was a starter, and he was asking about the availability going forward. Yeah. Is, that the mo- is that the most important? Yeah, kind of, kind of important, Coach. But uh, he gave quotes to Pete Thamel. Here, here is one. Here's a quote from Jim Beheim, the coach at Syracuse. This is an awful place we're in in college basketball. Pittsburgh bought a team. Okay, fine. My big donor talks about it, but he doesn't give anyone any money. <laughs> Nothing, he says. Not one guy. Our guys make like 20K. Wait, I thought you just said... Never mind. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. It's like, really? This is where we are? This is where we are, and it's only going to get worse. It's crazy. It's why those guys got out. It's why Mike Krzyzewski got out. That's why Jay Wright got out. That's the reason they got out. The transfer portal and everything is nuts. It just really is. Now, here's why he's a loser, though. On top of complaining about Wake Forest buying a team when you yourself had to vacate over 100 wins because you were violating NCAA rules. Jim, did you forget about that? This was his apology for those statements. I would like to clarify remarks I made in a conversation I had with a media member following our game on Saturday evening, also called an interview. I apologize to the schools I mentioned. I believe the ACC member institutions are in compliance with NCAA rules governing name, image, and likeness. It was not my intention to imply otherwise. End quote. Jim, you didn't imply otherwise. You said it clear as day. Again, over 100 wins he had to vacate for breaking rules. That is the last guy that should be calling out anybody for paying players or buying teams. Carmelo Anthony played for you. Shut up. I'm getting really tired of coaches 
when they talk about NIL like it's something they're not aware of. Jeff Capel today was that, oh, I don't think much about NIL. Don't lie. Yeah, just there's a canned answer everybody can give. Like, look, in today's recruiting world, NIL is a factor. It's a big factor. We have to be aware of it. Obviously, as the head coach, there's only so much I can do. You know, I encourage our fans to to donate to our collective, and that's about all I can I can really do for it. It's an easy answer. But when you say, I don't really think about NIL, what that says to me, if I'm a recruit, is this coach isn't interested in helping me make money. And that's not how you're going to get recruits. Period. Sports Talk Mississippi will continue with winners and losers on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Show is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Visit their website to check out the new styles that are coming in for spring, but also check out some end-of-season savings. Still a little cool. You can handle some long-sleeve stuff, pullovers, some sweaters, outerwear that you might find uh, just a nice savings on, even if you put that away for next year. Genteel Apparel. Try it. Promise you're going to love it. Mississippi Company doing good things right here in the state of Mississippi. You can find Genteel at men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi. I forgot a winner, by the way. I'm so mad at myself that I forgot this one. Okay. So you guys familiar with the sport curling? The Winter Olympics yes. with the stones yes. and the brushes yeah, and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the reigning Olympic champion got beat over the weekend. By a team consisting of, tell me if you recognize these names, Michael Ruse, Keith Bullock, Mark Bolger, and Jared Allen. Yes, a, a, a quad, if you will, of former NFL players, <laughs> including a linebacker, an offensive tackle, and a defensive end, and then Mark Bolger, the quarterback, have a curling team, and they are beating Olympians at curling and they did it over the weekend. If they stick with this, you might actually see these guys compete in the Olympics for Team USA. That's awesome. At curling. It's kind of awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. America. I would love I to see them standing up next to all the other guys curling. No, I just I need the oh photos. My gosh. <laughs> Jared Allen next to those guys. My gosh. Um. I'm, I'm more asking if this is a loser than telling you that it's a loser. Mm-hmm. The New Orleans Saints hired Joe Woods to be their defensive coordinator, who was just fired by the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. We okay with this? It's the NFL. I mean, they recycle coaches like they're yeah, like they're okay. plastic uh, bags. I mean, what are we talking Plus about? Plus, you guys want to believe anyway, right? Well, 
the here's the thing. It's it's like um, what would be the best? It's like Sean Payton having an offensive coordinator. He's the offensive coordinator. He's the guy. It, same thing here. It's yeah, Dennis Allen's defense. Allen, yeah, but hold on a second now. The defense was less good with Dennis Allen not coordinating it, and oh. the over the overall team was less good with him head coaching it. In the back half, the defense was really good. It was, but the whole season counts, and they were bad for the first right, half of the year. But it, I would still consider them to have had a good defense last year, especially without Lattimore for a long period of time. Pete Werner got hurt. Good, but as good as when he was doing it full time. It's. I would close okay close enough, especially right. with how they played down the stretch. But either way, this it's a title. It's not an action. I mean, the guy's going to be the defensive backs coach and have a say in the meeting rooms. But there's there's one guy with the play sheet and one guy making the calls, and it's not this guy. Yeah. So so my loser is is this, and this is not even piling on. It, it, it's Ole Miss men's basketball. But it's because of a missed opportunity. I thought they actually played a pretty good game against Vanderbilt for 37 minutes on Saturday. You're on the road. And that game had, I, I, this isn't exact, but like nine, tie, nine ties and 21 lead changes or something. And so, I mean, it's just back and forth the entire way. Both teams made plays. Both teams made some shots. Either team shot it great. And then Vanderbilt went on a two-minute and 31-second run with three minutes to play in the game where they outscored Ole Miss 10 nothing. And it was three straight trips down the floor for Ole Miss with bad offensive possessions where they either didn't get a good shot off, forced a shot, turned it over, and then Vandy makes some plays on the other end and then in the final 31 seconds of the game, Ole Miss goes crazy, right? They hit two crazy threes, and it gets down to five, and then the final margin is three. But it's just like, it's just, it's another loss, right? It's another loss in a string of losses. It's another loss in a season of losses. And I think if you're watching that one, other than the fact that you're resigned to the fact that it's not going anywhere, that one was frustrating on Saturday. If you're watching it and you just go, you know, I just like to see Ole Miss win. Like, I know how the season's going to turn out, but just go win a game. Win a couple games down the stretch to make it feel a little bit better. And that was an, there was an opportunity to do that, and they just couldn't quite get over the hump and get it done on Saturday. Anything else? Any other winners or losers? Let's Iowa. Go. go ahead. Iowa. Iowa football. I mean, at what point do you just tell the guy, like, you're going to have to fire your son? You just got to fire him. They, they they created a new contract today for Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator for Iowa, who was known for last year not being able to score. He gets a big bonus if they average a ridiculous amount of points per game. 25. 25 points per game gets him a bonus. That would be good for eighth in the Big Ten last year. It would be a big improvement from the 17. They averaged last year. Of course, hmm. three points per game came from the defense. That's not a, a guess. That's that's the actual number. Offensively, Iowa averaged 14 points per game. Even Sylvester Croom was like, what's going on, guys? Iowa is just being held hostage by nepotism right this second, and uh, they probably aren't going to be better for it. 
Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Jaron says uh, transitive property uh, property winner USM over Ole Miss. Southern Miss beat Vandy. Vandy beat Ole Miss, and then he says, "I'm joking, guys." That's fine. That's well, good, Jared. I mean, well, fine. I mean, if they played right now, who do you think would win? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody says five and twenty-five in the last thirty SEC games. Of course, it's been since Ed Murphy. Yeah, I mean, it, oof. Well, when you say it like that, man, jeez. Yeah, there was a sign in the student section one day. Hey, Dad, when Ed Murphy was still there, we're talking, we're talking late eighties. Right, late 80s, yeah. early 90s. So we're talking MC Hammer time. And there was a sign that was like on a bed sheet that was painted up in the top of the student section. It said, the Rebels are legit, but Ed, B-U-T-T, Ed, needs to quit. Very very sophomoric sign. That's <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Even 40 years later, it's still funny. The Rebels are legit, but Ed needs to quit. And then there, that same day, there was another sign uh, that had the athletic department phone number on it, asking uh, Dale, um, uh, not Dale Brown, um, uh, Larry Brown, Larry Brown, if you're watching, please call two three two whatever the number was at the time. Oh my gosh, Hilarious. yeah, yeah. Uh, can a loser be that stupid spy balloon that took up most of the airtime over the weekend? There are lots of losers that you sure. can attribute to the spy balloon story. What? Lots. I saw a video, though, of a bunch of Coastal Carolina students just partying in their backyard, watching the balloon get shot down. That that looked like so much fun. Could you imagine that would have been fun. being 19, 20, 21 in college, and it's a Saturday afternoon, and it's a beautiful day in Conway, and you're just at this party house, and you're drinking beers in the back, back porch grilling, and the balloon's up there, and you see an F-22 fly towards it. I mean, that's a dream right there to watch that thing get shot down. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mm. Despite all the other stuff around it, that part of it would have been awesome. Uh, Bob and Pana had a cool ending. My winner is one more weekend down to college football. I thought he was going to say one weekend closer to college baseball, but he said one more weekend away he's, from college football. He's ready. I like it. That's the kind of uh, talk I'm I'm here for. Loser. Nick Saban with those coordinator hires. Michael Oof. Borky and Brian Haydad will have more on that with the college football fix coming your way to start the 5 o'clock hour. I'm about to scoot out of here and get to the airport uh, to head to Columbia, Missouri. Uh, hoops tomorrow night. The late game on the SEC Network, South Carolina and Missouri. Ratings off the charts, right? Oh, for sure. Hey, State fans should be paying attention. They need, they need Missouri to stay up there. Yeah, stay hot, Missouri. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow along on all of their social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Visit Oxford MS. Check on the events calendar to see all that is happening this spring, including all of the information as it pertains to Double Decker. So, all of that is coming up. One more winner from the ceasefire text line. Southern Miss basketball now 21 and four beat Georgia State 79-71 to set up a huge matchup against ULL on Thursday night. It's the whiteout game and there are only 363 tickets remaining 
It's going to be an electric night in Reed Green Coliseum. Congratulations and tip of the cap. That will be awesome to see that building sold out for a Southern Miss basketball game. Borky and Haydad, I got you the rest of the way. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Anytime she goes away. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Now we can have some fun. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. you know, I was wondering what you were going to say. He's in the car at the steering wheel right now. <laughs> like, damn, damn. And he's going to get us the whole way to Memphis, too. Oh, great. Yeah. Because we extend that far, you know. Yeah. All the way up to Memphis, the whole state all the way of down Mississippi. to New Orleans, who's in the middle of Mardi Gras, South by the Haven way. South Haven to Biloxi. South Haven to Biloxi, Vicksburg to Meridian, and all points in between. Yes, sir. Have you ever been in Mardi Gras? Like like real Mardi Gras. You know, I've never been, and I feel like I'm too old to go now. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't enjoy it. The, the crowds and such is not. Twenty you seven know, year old Brian, sure. Forty seven year old Brian. Eh. So there are the, the people from Mobile. I experienced this in college a lot. A lot of people from Mobile up there, and they are, are just so desperate to convince you that the real Mardi Gras happens in Mobile. I have been to both. No, it does not. Okay, I don't care who was first. You can debate that, whatever. But first doesn't always mean best, right? Like the first bathroom or the first toilet is not the same one that we use today, okay? It may be you were first, but when you try to tell people that it's better there, you're wrong. You, I mean, just, it's a goofy debate, and I hear it every year. Oh, the real Mardi Gras is in Mobile. No, it's not. No. I'm not having that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure Mobile Mardi Gras is cool. Oh, it's, it's a great sure it's party. Great. If I went, I'd have a good time. But come on. Come on, guys. I mean, if you want to say the original Mardi Gras, then I could probably get behind that. I don't know for sure, but I could probably get behind that. But the, the real one is in New Orleans. That's where the world wants to go. If I, if I find somebody, like, do you want to go to Mardi Gras, and I took them to Mobile, they would probably be mad at me. Yeah. Probably so. So, no offense to Mobile. It's a fine town. Loser of the week basketball official who missed a clear foul at the end of the Auburn-Tennessee game Saturday. Did you see that? I saw that. I saw that. It wasn't as egregious as the one at the end of that Lakers-Celtics game, but it was still bad. Yeah, that was... My... <laughs> like, I sympathize with the ref to some degree because I, I would rather you not call a foul that happened then call a foul that didn't, if that makes sense. I would I err on the side so. of let them play, but you cannot miss that. You cannot miss that. Yeah. And why can't you review that? that that's that's a, a good question. You know, like, you can go back and review, like, if you didn't call a flagrant, but you need to have a look, which yeah. that's what happened to um, to Deshaun Davis on Saturday. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I can't get into the officials and 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 what they're doing. They're they're just so bad at at every game. It's it's painful. It really is painful. Amanda in Pike County says bathroom slash Mardi Gras. Very good comparison. 
He had another message. Uh, if you do Mardi Gras, do Mississippi Coast, Biloxi, past Christiane. New Orleans is overrated. I disagree on that last part, but yeah, we've got Mardi Gras parades on our I coast. Love New they Orleans. look like they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I love New Orleans, but I, I wouldn't go during Mardi Gras. It's just me. Like the most crowded I would go to New Orleans is a Saints game. Yeah. I wouldn't do it now. I'm not, I'm not dealing with. Yeah. It just. So. It's just I love the a coast lot. Too, it's just a lot. I love lot. the coast. Going going back there in uh, in April. Yeah, where? Uh, Biloxi. That's where we become our, our spot now. We stay at the uh, the Golden Nugget down there for our guys' trip. Gamble, eat, drink, lounge by the pool. It's fantastic. Spend a lot of money. Probably a little too much. Last year <laughs> I did. Got caught up in the poker room. I was like, oh god. Chase Namry says, "Winner NFL fans for hopefully getting close to never having to see the Pro Bowl ever again." <laughs> I I guess I knew what I was expecting going into it because I didn't think it was that bad. It was just a goofy, stupid thing because that's... Why doesn't... Here's an idea. This is, this is something that you could really do. Why doesn't the NFL just kind of pump up the Senior Bowl and make that the Pro Bowl and have pro players there talking to the uh, the rookies, talking to the, the the young kids and saying, look, I was in your... you know, And have those moments where, like, you know... A player can meet an NFL guy. Why not make that the Pro Bowl? Because hmm. the NFL's already neck deep in the Senior Bowl anyway, right? Their coaches are there. Scouts are there all week. Just involve the players in, in some form or fashion. How great would it be if you're the NFL, you know, the, you're the MVP of the Super of the Senior Bowl, and the, the the trophy is presented to you by you know two great you know another great quarterback. What if Josh Allen or, or or Aaron Rodgers presents the trophy to you? I mean, that would be cool. That's a cool moment. Hey, Dad, you're not going to like this. Burton Ripley says, if you look back at the LeBron foul against the Celtics, he clearly traveled, took three steps, and got fouled. He's a crybaby. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, L- Luca's a crybaby. And I love watching Luca play. Love watching yeah. him play. He is special. But my gosh, every possession that doesn't end in a made basket, and most of them that do, he he, and he already has that resting, crying face anyway. Like he looks like he's sad all the time. But every possession, Luca is crying to the officials, and it makes him harder to watch. Like he's special. He's big. He's got handles. He can make from anywhere, and he's always crying. And I just want to just grab him and shake him and say, Luca, shut up. You get all the calls you need anyway. You are a great player. Those darn Slovenians, man. You can't yeah. trust them. Well, now he gets Kyrie. They're not like... So good for him. Yeah. Oh, God. Have fun with that, buddy. <laughs> I was actually happy when I saw that trade went through. I was like, I, I didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. And, and despite I was, I was, LeBron's I was objections, that's... Like, fans... There are fans that want what their players want, right? Like, I imagine Laker fans are mad because LeBron's mm. mad. But Laker fans right, should right, not be not mad this one, but yeah. because you don't want Kyrie to ruin your franchise for years, which is what would right. happen. Right. But You know what the Lakers should do? I'm going to tell you right now. might surprise you. Trade LeBron. That would be best for their Trade future. Get, get as much as you can for him right now while he's still at his peak. Build around Anthony Davis and, and get him some complimentary pieces and go from there. That is the, the, the plan. That's what I would do. Do you know how often good players get traded at the end of their career for quality pieces? Happens all the time. All the time. All the time. 
This is just only, look, we got a title out of you, but the rest of it hasn't worked. We got to do something to save our franchise. Otherwise, when you leave, when you retire, what do we have? That's what I would do. Yeah. Jeff and Grenada says after going to New Orleans, uh, specifically Bourbon Street on Halloween, no way I'm going for Mardi Gras. Halloween was crazy. Uh, I would never go back to Bourbon Street. No. Uh, I could. I can't imagine. I spent a lot, a lot of time there in my youth. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, now I'm all about let's go uptown. Let's find some of those other, you know, places, Garden District and all that. And, and that's yeah. that's where we're going. And we're Hunter, New Orleans. Hunter says it smells really bad. Where you went probably smelled. Bourbon Street smells bad. Yes. The rest of the city doesn't. It's just that specific area where the worst things happen in the world. Yeah. Like, uh, no doubt. Have I told you the story about the uh, hand grenade cup before? So I'm in college. and I'm No, I'm, but go I'm, ahead. I'm in college walking on Bourbon Street. And before they redid the street, so they like we're, stripped we're the We're going to share our New Orleans stories, and we'll see whose is better. I want oh, you to go this, first. This isn't like a classic, like, Oh, crazy New Orleans story. It's more of like, this is probably how COVID started, but it was a long time ago. Just <laughs> took. Uh, so back before they, they stripped Bourbon Street and repaved it, there would just be standing water, which yeah. as they tested it was a lot more than water, everywhere. Oh, yeah. And a guy walks out of a bar, and he's got the hand grenade, like, I guess you'd call it a cup, but it's got the little grenade and the... The, the grenade. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And yeah. he gets down on his knees... And dunks oh. it into one of those puddles <laughs> to wash it out is why he did that. And then he stuck it in his wife's purse and they just walked down the oh. street like they were just having a great time. That was oh. COVID patient zero, I think. He he might actually be a zombie at this point. He might be yeah. like the walking dead. Seriously. Last of Us I episode saw a four came out walking last night. barefoot down canal. He was like the corner of canal and bourbon. And walking barefoot, and I was just like, "Why don't you just let me inject you with with, with whatever disease? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Just pick like, her up I'm and send her to the CDC socks. in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> you are awful. God, my, that's awful to think about. I I literally had a little uh, you yeah. know a little moment there. I mean, like, just, yeah, it's coming up. Just dunked it, washed it. Out. I thought he was washing it out, oh, stuck God. in her purse, went on his his merry way. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a lab leak, no sir. It was uh, I nearly Bourbon got. Street. I nearly got lost my first time in New Orleans. That was my story. Ooh. We were at the Superdome. I was good and good and hammered, drinking eight dollar beers at an MSU LSU baseball game, and uh, I got separated from my group. Found a cab driver. I was like, "Do you know where this bar is?" Because that's where we said we were going to meet. And he was like, "No." I was like, "Well, then take me to Bourbon Street." Get to Bourbon Street. I'm looking around. I've never been there. Find a cop. I'm like, "Dude, I am not in a good spot." And I explained, I was like, do you know where this bar is? The gold mine. And he's like, go here, take a left, you'll see it. It's like, okay. So I get there, and the friends aren't there. Oh, no. So I'm just like looking around, I was like, I live here now. I live in New Orleans. <laughs> I am a homeless person. So I got a drink, and then like two seconds later, I felt like some hands on my back, and they were like, we had written you off. But <laughs> I survived. Fun game. Good bar. I enjoyed it. Oh, the gold mine. Oh, yeah, spin the wheel. I'll have to Google that. Never been. I'll tell you a story off the air that All you will right. laugh at. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. To to protect the innocent. Ceasefire text on 601-879-4395. Um, we'll get more of your text. We'll talk about this more. And then Alabama's got a new defensive coordinator. And whoo, 
Is it an interesting one? All when we come back. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Oxford got uh, got me thinking about something. He sends this message. I've been to Mardi Gras, been to Halloween on Bourbon Street. Nothing, I say, nothing was like the night the Saints won the Super Bowl. It was Mardi Gras times 10,000. Okay. Yeah, I can believe that. For some reason, that took my mind here. So, Ole Miss Baseball won the national championship. Mississippi State Baseball mm-hmm. won the national championship the year prior. Who is the next mm-hmm. sports team in this state to win a national championship. <laughs> in terms of they haven't done it before, because the real the answer one. is either State or Ole Miss. Whoever, State or Ole Miss next. baseball will win another one. State or Ole Miss baseball will win another one. I think that the uh, the lid's been cracked on that, and I don't know if it'll be this year or not, but I would, I would say within the next 10 years, one of them will have their second. I certainly don't think. Football will be interesting, because if you, you can get into the playoff, you'll have a shot when they get to 12. Um, but you know, you look at twenty 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 four is when that starts. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So I think you know, I always talk about state and cycles. That should be a down year for state, right? They lose Rogers, they lose a ton of, I mean, a lot of starters, a lot of starters. That's going to be a, a fresh new team for Zach Arnett. What does Ole Miss look like in twenty twenty four? Jackson Dart, if he's still the starter, would be a senior. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins would be a junior. That should be a pretty decent team, depending, you know, assuming that that Kiffin continues to to recruit the portal the way that he does. I think I get better defensively, but and then basketball. I mean, I like what James is doing this year, but I'm certainly not going to go there, and I have no idea who Ole Miss's next coach is going to be. So the the Judkins piece. Uh, I mean, it's part of the deal now. But man, uh, <clears throat> Kiffin mentioned it in his press conference, and and he embellished some because. Uh, he comes off to me as somebody that doesn't want to sound like a whiner when he talks about the current state of college sports like the way Bayheim does, but he, he does kind of tell mm-hmm. you things like and with Quinshawn Judkins. I was going to tell you. I yeah. mean, Judkins signed a an extremely lucrative deal with the collective. Let's let's call mm-hmm. it that. Um, reaffirmed his commitment to his school, all that stuff. People are still contacting him to this day. I mean, it's still happening. Uh, behind the scenes, have another year like the one that, that he just had and and the volume of tampering and the volume of money that's going to be thrown at that kid's way. I mean, yeah. for Ole Miss to keep him, it, it's it just have the identical season he just had. How many times mm-hmm. over are they going to have to raise the price uh, to keep him around? A little bit. Probably double what he's making, if I had to guess, which is that's an iffy thing, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about a running back. You know, there's only one football. The only you know, he's the only one really playing most of the snaps. So, speaking of that, real quick, I don't know if you guys talked about it. Uh, I don't think we talked about it last week, and I don't know if you talked about when it was out. But there will not Dylan Johnson will not be the backup running back no, at Ole Miss, nor will he be decided. the starting running back at Mississippi State. He is headed to Washington now. Our long national ordeal is over. 
the hostage situation in Starkville has been resolved. He's headed to Seattle. What, what was all that? Was he torn? Was it NIL? What? I, th- I, th- I think I think there was I think there was a lot to take in. I think Washington is a good opportunity, although they're not going to run the ball much there with Phoenix and those guys. I think you know he wants to, he probably wanted to stay close to home, and State and Ole Miss had that opportunity for him. I think with Ole Miss, he's smart enough to know I'm going to be I'm not just behind Judkins. I'm not going to get the amount of carries I was already getting at State. Probably, I may only get seven, eight carries a game because I don't think he's as good as Zach Evans. And then I think swallowing his pride was tough. I think that you know, even though State made it clear, hey, we welcome you back, that was that was tough to do, and he he couldn't bring himself to do it in the end. So. Washington's a good opportunity for him. I certainly wish him the best. I had a conversation with him last year at Pro Day. He's a really good, sharp kid. Uh, you know, didn't go to my favorite Catholic high school in, in, in Mississippi, but we won't hold that against him. Uh, I think he can be successful there. I just don't know what the opportunities are like at Washington that I know is going to pass the ball quite a bit this year. Washington might be that team. I mean, you know, we're we're so focused on the South here, you they're, kind of forget they're out there. But they have a chance playoff to be really team. good. They're a dark horse playoff team. They, they could run the table in the Pac-12 and get in there. And deny Nick Saban. I mean, if you're going to adopt a second team, I've got buddies that will just like randomly root for a not Ole Miss team. Washington might be a bandwagon to jump on. They're going to be good. They're going to be fun. <laughs> they're not a traditional power. And their offensive coordinator told Nick Saban no. It's too early to, to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. November 4th, Washington at USC. Ooh. <laughs> College football. They need to start that at like 9.30 Central. Oh, yeah. I want to wake up to that. Let Roll us... out of bed and turn that on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. Speaking of Nick Saban, he got a new defensive coordinator. We'll talk about that. Also, some details leaked. Specific details about just how ridiculous that contract that Florida offered Jaden Rashado was. We'll tell you what those are. It is obscene. And I say that as somebody that supports NIL. His thing was, or his contract, his offer was obscene. So we'll tell you all about it when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you on this Monday. It's Super Bowl week, by the way. Did you know that? Last football game of the year. A lot of Mississippi flavor in this one. You know, we gotta we gotta clean that verbiage up. It's not the last football game of the year. There's hundreds oh, wait, more football games we played in 2023. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last NFL game of the 2022 season. That is much better put. I mean, if you say it like that, you're like, oh, my God, there's no more football this year? No, there's football coming soon. Who's the halftime show? Isn't it Rihanna? Yeah. 
Not for me. I mean, I watch it because I mean, it's the Super Bowl halftime yeah. show, but not for me. I have I have made a point to watch. I think two halftime shows in my life. One was Prince, and one was last year's with all the 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 hip hop and the '90s hip hop. Other than that, I mean, it's just a time to like. If you're at a Super Bowl party, go get some snacks. If you're not, you know, go to the restroom. Yeah. Pay attention to your family for, for 10 minutes. Up, oh, game's back on. <laughs> Speaking of the hundreds of football games that are going to happen this year, let's talk about the college variety. For the College Football Fixer, my Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer, Richard Cross, is somewhere in North Mississippi driving an F-150. He'll tell you it's a great truck been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. On Saturday, if you're not watching basketball, maybe go test drive the F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Get yourself ready for the big game, as it has to be called, because if you market the Super Bowl, you get in trouble. Anyway. True story. Alabama, Nick Saban has completed his staff, and there's... There's been some questions about these two hires and Nick Saban's desire to get back to what he did in 2009. Kevin Steele, yes, the same guy that tried and almost successfully orchestrated a coup to get Gus Malzahn fired as the head coach at Auburn and himself hired as the head coach at Auburn, almost worked. Almost worked, if not for Alan Green, who's now at Ole Miss, by the way. Uh, That would have gone down, but instead... Kevin Steele is now the defensive coordinator at Alabama. He's worked for Nick Saban before. He's been all over. He was the head coach at Baylor all the way back starting in 1999. Uh, Stayed there, what, four years and was horrible. Not a very successful four years. From there, he was the linebackers coach at Florida State, then was the D.C. at Alabama for one year, then the... Worked on Saban's staff in 2008 for another year and then worked for Dabo at Clemson when Dabo and Clemson weren't very good. In fact, yeah. uh, moving on from Kevin Steele is the catalyst for Clemson taking off. But anyway, uh, that's, you know, Brent Venables came in after that. And anyway, uh, then he went back to Alabama as he player personnel guy, then was upgraded to linebackers coach, then became the defensive coordinator for one year at LSU, then was at Auburn for those very memorable five years as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Got fired, I guess, after the coup, and then, remember, got the interim head coaching job at Tennessee, and then something weird happened there, and then he ended up at Miami where they lost at home to Middle Tennessee after giving up 45 points. He was in Tennessee for like a week, right? Yeah, it was one week. Got paid a bunch of money, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then he was at Miami. And he went to Miami. And which you may have forgotten Miami. that because Miami stunk. They lost seven games, one of which, again, was to Middle Tennessee when they gave up 45 points. And now he is at Alabama. Thoughts? Al- Alabama thought they were, were going to get Cliff Kingsbury and Jeremy Pruitt. But Nick Saban pulled the whole, we have Cliff Kingsbury and Jeremy Pruitt at home on them. Like the parents like to pull with McDonald's. And it's... <laughs> What you got at home is Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele. Uh, look, God forbid we upset any Alabama fans on YouTube. No, please. We don't know how to spell their coach's last name. Um, but this to me, and I said earlier this year that this will be the first year I don't vote Alabama to win the West when I get to media days. I'm taking LSU to win to repeat and win the West. 
I don't know who Alabama's quarterback is right this second. I just feel like they have a lot of questions, and these these don't help. These didn't help my 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 feelings towards Alabama. I definitely feel like Saban wants to try to maybe get back to a little bit more of his style of offense if he has one. Seeing what George has done the past couple of years makes him think you know, we can do that. But Steele on defense, man, I mean, it really is surprising that Alabama can't go out and get a great, young, exciting defensive coordinator. To be totally honest with you, if I'm Alabama, I might have just turned the reins over and said, let's take a risk. Let's take this jump into the deep end. With, with is Austin Armstrong is his name, right? The, the guy from USM who put together an incredibly exciting and and fun and stingy defense at Southern this year. Why not just go with the young guy? And I mean, Saban's there. He could take over if needs be if it's not working out. But I don't know. I don't quite understand what's going on there. And to me, this is this. I look at this. From a, from a distance, and again, Nick Saban is Nick Saban. He's the greatest college football coach of all time. I am not. But I see this and I say, was he not able to, were, were other coaches, young, exciting, innovative coaches, unwilling to come work for him because they're, they're, they're just not sure how much longer he's going to be there? You know, I think Saban's got another four or five years in the tank, but what if he doesn't? What if he just says, eh, I've had enough? I mean, I get that. So, yeah. Reese, at least he's young, and maybe you know, with Alabama talent, he can put together some things. But I mean, still, you kind of know, you know, the ceiling on that guy. Yeah, when this with the spin is well, he's coached with Nick Saban before. Yeah, and he's got SEC experience. Okay, tell me how that went. That that's the the follow up question that nobody's willing to ask is, oh well, I mean he's you know he knows his way around the SEC. Yes, and how did that way go? I mean, so does John Chavis. Yeah. So so does Brother Bill Oliver. What are we doing here? I mean, just because you've coached in the SEC for a long time, I mean, has Kevin still ever coached a defense where you're like, that's an elite defense? That is a great no. great group. And, and people. People really need to listen to me because I said this last night too, and I had some people telling me that that you're wrong. Listen to me very carefully. Alabama does have better players than he had at Auburn. They they do, mm-hmm. but the gap when people talk about well, he's never had players like this before. He's had close. When people say things like he that, was at it's LSU like LSU in 2015. Yes, I mean, that was, it's, he was at Alabama and. Or sorry, is it Auburn? Auburn recruits well. I mean, exactly. It's it, when when people say that, it's like we're not talking about. He used to coach at Furman. Now he's at Alabama. No, I am not saying that Auburn and Alabama have these same rosters, but they are close. They are very close. You're talking about top three classes every year versus top fifteen classes every year. There is a difference, but there is it, the, the gap is considerably smaller than some people want to make it out to be. If you're not very good at Auburn, you're probably not going to be much better at Alabama. Now, it's Nick Saban questioning him is a little bit crazy, for sure. But I think when people talk about the talent gap, I think they over-exaggerate how big the talent gap really is. Alabama is as good as they are because of Nick Saban, yes, the recruiting, yes, the... Dodge Challengers and all that stuff back in the day, and NIL today, and and all that. I get it. They recruit. They have more resources, and and the um, oh, oh, what is it called? 
the underground society there, the machine, all that stuff at Alabama. Yeah. I, I get that. But Nick Saban's got a process, a, a work ethic, but, but a process and a standard and has the ability to get these guys to buy in in ways that are unique and special. Yes, he gets great players. But a lot of schools get great players and flame out. Hello, Texas A&M. Look at Texas A&M's recruiting classes. What have they become? If it's just, well, they've got better players, then A&M should not have lost seven games last season. But they did. Because they don't have Nick Saban. The, the, the gap in players is not as big as people want to make it out to be. It's who's coaching those players is what makes that especially, gap feel insurmountable. Especially when we're talking about a national title. Yeah, you got much better players in Mississippi State and Ole Miss and, and, and Arkansas. Fine, you'll win those games. But when it gets to the national title game and you've got to beat Georgia or you've got to beat Michigan and Ohio State, then you got to have a little more than just better players. Yeah, Because their players are, are as good as yours. I do find it interesting also that um, people are saying that, well, this is a clear sign that, that Nick wants to go back to 2009. That's not what he was trying to do offensively. That's what he ended up doing. But that wasn't his first choice. And and Grub from Washington would have been more of a similar approach that they've had the last few years and not back in 2009. So that's a bit of a revisionist history with, well, he's clearly got a strategy of getting back to their roots. That's not what he wanted to do. That's what he's doing now because he got told no. There's a difference. Anyway, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Communication system is a go. Go! This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. One, two, get down. So, a bizarre situation unfolding in the world of NASCAR. By the way, they raced in the L.A. Coliseum this weekend. thought you were going to say the Premier League, but go ahead. Not the Premier League. Bizarre situation Although, there, but go ahead. Coach Marsh got uh, got sacked, as they say. He did, he did. I think, kinda, I think kinda the U.S. men's national team might need to take a look at him. I think it's going to happen. That seem, It seems to be very safe and reasonable hire. Yeah. Which is all really right. what all they need. But anyway, did you, did you happen to see yeah. any of the visuals, by the way, from the Coliseum? I'm, no, I'm, coming, in, I'm coming in cold well, on this one. Two got no separate idea stories. What you're about. So they raced in the L.A. Coliseum this weekend. Put a track okay, on the yeah, football field. And yeah, that's cool. Visuals were cool, but I watched a little bit of it, and the cars were going very, very slow. <laughs> it's just the track uh-huh. was way too small. They couldn't get up to speed, and that's kind of the whole point of watching a car race. That's the whole race. point of NASCAR, yeah. Yeah, but this, uh, this press release uh, from Kyle Busch just got announced. This is after stories from Mexico 
Uh, Mexican authorities say that Kyle Bush was sentenced to more than three years in jail and fined for bringing a gun into the country last month. He raced yesterday. He has now responded with this statement. In late January, Samantha and I enjoyed several days vacation in Mexico. When departing the country, my handgun was flagged during routine screening at the airport. I have a valid concealed carry permit from my local authority and adhere to all handgun laws, but I made a mistake by forgetting it was in my bag. Hate when that happens. Discovery of the handgun led to my detainment while the situation was resolved. I was not aware of Mexican law and had no intention of bringing a handgun into Mexico. Generally, don't bring it into foreign countries. You just never know. But I understand. Yeah. When it was discovered, I fully cooperated with the authorities, accepted the penalties, and returned to North Carolina. I apologize for my uh, mistake. Appreciate the respect shown by all parties as we resolve this matter. My family and I consider the issue closed. There's no official statement on exactly what the penalty is, aside from a three-and-a-half-year sentence, which he is obviously not serving. Probably paid a lot of money and got a deferred sentence. Uh, you know, just don't go to Mexico and get arrested again, and you'll never actually have to go to prison here. Just pay us lots of money. But, yeah, that just randomly popped up. Kyle Bush releases a statement on getting arrested in Mexico. Whoa. I'm, I'm, I, I believe in the Second Amendment. Not, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I believe in it. But how do you just leave a gun in your bag? Yeah, how do you forget like, it's there? You're packing your bag of like, you know, all right, cologne, deodorant, spare pair of underwear. Uh, yeah, there's the uh, my 357 Magnum. All right, we're good. Let's go. Anyway. Back to the uh, Hunter says Kyle Bush is cooler to me now. Although, I mean, yeah, however long he stayed in a Mexican jail is long enough for, for a, a simple mistake like that, even if it was just a few hours. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. It's a little bit different. <laughs> no. I would, not, I, would, I would not want to be there. No. <laughs> when well, we have... Uh, Gary on with us, talk a little NASCAR. We need to make that happen. Yeah, the season just picked up. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on the uh, the Coliseum you, deal. You, oh, I know he's got some thoughts, yeah. We get a message here, though, as a diehard Bama fan, not happy with the OC or DC hires. I, I have jokingly in the past said things about Bama's dynasty being over, like essentially copying and pasting a Dan Wolken headline. Like anytime they lose a game, mm-hmm. I would just repost right, right, that. Right. This yeah. is the first time where I've truly thought, huh, maybe it's on the back end. Now that I said that, they're going to win a national championship, not lose a game, but you know, maybe they are, or maybe he is losing his fastball. Is a thought that I actually have that I feel like is somewhat justified. I just... Like I said, I think I don't know if this is a crack or anything like that. I'm just I look at that and it, it, it my, my my eyebrows go up. I'm like you know what is why could they not do better? You know you're Alabama, you got a ton of talent year in year out. You're always going to be at the top of the game while Saban's there. Why would you not be able to get some better? Especially this is my thought process, and I'm certainly aware that Alabama would probably do a national search when the time comes, but. If you are the offensive coordinator at Alabama or you're the defensive coordinator at Alabama and you have a great unit and you're putting up elite results, you might just get the job 
when when Saban decides to walk away. You know, or if there's nothing else, nearly everybody who has held those jobs has gone on to a better job. So why? I, I just don't understand. I mean, we look. We could look back at this next January and be like, we were idiots. And Reese put together an incredible offense, and they won a national, another national title. But I don't feel like that's going to be the case. Here's a question. Why do teams like LSU and Auburn win a national championship, then two years later fire the coach? Well, I mean, I, I you can't not fire a coach when you win a national championship, then two years later you're having a losing season. You know, what, what, there's, no, there's no excuse to drop off the way LSU dropped off from 2019 to 2021. There's no excuse to drop off. I mean, I understand you had Cam Newton, one of the greatest players of all time. That was the only but reason the championship was won at Auburn. That, that Auburn's a little right. bit different but because you're still Auburn. it was only Cam You should Cam be Newton. able to win eight games. Yeah, You should be able to win. Eight. He was 3-9 and nine two years after winning a national title, and they lost the Iron Bowl like 41 to nothing or something. You can't stay. You can't stay. You know? But here's the thing about Cam Newton. Literally... Any football coach. Now, I'm not saying you know you could pick my mom out and said call the plays, but any reasonable football coach could have won a national title with Cam Newton that year because he yeah. was just. You can make a legitimate argument that Cam Newton was the greatest college quarterback of all time. Yes, you can. You can make that argument. I won't argue too hard against you if you, if you do. So anybody could have done it. So, I mean, what the the problem was with Auburn is when they hired Chiswick, they hired a bad coach. They gave him the greatest college football player of all time, possibly, for one season, and he won a national title. Three, three years, he was 8-5, and 8-5, and 3-9. You got to go. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I would love to sit down and look at that year and pick out how many teams would have won the national championship if you'd only give them Cam Newton. Just Cam Newton to their existing team. How many teams would have won the championship that year? It's a lot. Right off the top of my head, literally everybody in the top 15. Maybe the top 25. I give you that. I mean, do I have any doubt? Mississippi State was 15th that year. They finished 9-4. and four. What are they with Cam Newton? They'd they probably won the They don't lose to Auburn. <laughs> so they lose, they beat Auburn. You know, they beat Auburn. They certainly beat Arkansas, which was a close game. And then you know, they played... They didn't play well against Alabama or LSU, but how different is it with Cam Newton? So, yeah. Here's, um, oh, we'll, we'll save this message till after the break. Because uh, that's a good one, actually. From uh, from the 864, the update uh, upstate South Carolina area code. But a uh, regular texter listens to us. Not a friend of mine, not my dad. Um Dwayne and Brandon says LSU lost Brady. Coach O didn't even carry a play card. No, he did nothing on game day. He did nothing on game day. He was a recruiter. His job was to motivate and to recruit. And and he did a great job of that. And it certainly helps when you have that much elite. There may never be a team with that much elite talent. I mean, talent's one thing, but elite talent? How many how many first-rounders? Burrow, Jefferson, and Jamar Chase are all pro bowlers on the offensive side of the football. They had so many guys, and then of course one of the, that's one of my all time favorite things is how many LSU fans just swore up and down that that was not Joe Brady calling the plays, that he was just there to advise Steve Emsinger. And I, I mean, I was just like, you guys are idiots. You guys are just morons. Yes. You just bought whatever purple and gold Kool Aid is being sold to you on this one. It was clearly his offense. 
Kevin asks, when okay. do you think X's and O's outweigh Jimmy's and Joe's? Top half of the SEC, not till playoffs. When the Jimmy's and Joe's are equal, or when relatively equal. equal, yeah. Yeah, Georgia versus Alabama, I, I better have some, some X's and O's in there. Georgia versus South Carolina, the Jimmy's and Joe's will win. Yes. I mean, you saw it in the semifinal game. Ohio State had equal talent to Georgia. They had a similar roster. Georgia did the right things at the right time to win the game. Yeah. That that was coaching. Yeah. Ryan Day got out coached mm-hmm. by Kirby Smart that night. The players on the field were equal. Yeah. 100%. 100%. 601-879-4395. It's a question that we've kind of answered before, but since baseball season is 11 days away, it's a bit more topical. So we will uh, we'll get to you next, my friend from uh, from the Upstate. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to have you on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. That is the text line. That's how you can be a part of the show. We'll get to this message when we get back. It's about baseball and something Haydad just said and applying that logic to baseball. We'll get to that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Joining us a second ago, we were talking about, actually answering a question about how a coach can win a national championship and be fired two years later, specifically talking about Ed Orgeron and Gene Chizik, won national championships, fired shortly thereafter. We get a message here. It says, hey, Dad, based on that statement, if Lamonis doesn't win this year, he should be gone. So let's talk about that. If Mississippi State has back-to-back losing seasons in baseball, especially with a new athletic director, I think Lamontis would be in trouble. I, I mean, I, I honestly do. Fired back in trouble or get it together or Maybe? else in trouble? Well, I mean, you definitely would have to. You would see Fox Hall and Gotro would be gone for sure. The assistants would be gone. Be like, you got to get something different going here. Um. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, but that being said, Mississippi State baseball, back-to-back losing seasons, I don't – it hasn't happened since Ron Polk took over the first time. I'll just put it that way. So, and it may, I mean, honestly, I, I, I could – I guess I, – no, take it back. I take it back. They did. They did 08, 09, 10. So the end of Polk and then the start of John Cohen's tenure, they were just so – Talent deprived that they couldn't win, and Cohen got that turned around. But I mean, I think yeah, I think that there would be some conversations had, and if they let him go, 
they could be considered justified because this is Mississippi State baseball. It's an elite program. You won the national title two years ago, and you follow that up with that. You don't build upon that. Instead, you go the complete opposite direction. Yeah, you go first to worst, and then be, in this scenario, another losing record would again? be in the bottom yeah. quarter of the league? Yeah, I think so. And some people would think that's crazy, but you can't accept losing when you invest in baseball what Mississippi State invests in baseball. You no. can't. You can't no. do it. Now, no, you can't, and, the, and you I should. don't expect them you to should. have a losing season either. But I don't either. Yeah, that's not the question. Yeah, that, that's the good. That's the good news in all this. Everybody's getting riled up, right? It's, it's not likely to happen. I would be incredibly surprised if this team isn't in the postseason. But these, are, I mean, these are the conversations. I've said this before. Like Al, Nick Saban has won however many national titles at Alabama six, seven. I don't know. But if he had back to back losing seasons, he would get fired. No questions asked. Oh, you Nobody would happened. be surprised. He would get fired. He went five and seven, four and eight. He's gone. No question. Heck, if he went seven and five, six and six, he's gone. Because that's what elite programs do. They don't tolerate losing seasons. No. And you'd get somebody that would say, "Well, this but he just won a championship. He more recently finished last in the league." Yeah. That, that's the sobering part of last season. I mean, he, more, that, yeah. he more recently finished dead last in the SEC than won a championship. Yeah. Can't ignore that. I mean, it's great It's great that he won a, a national championship. Huge deal. He'll never be forgotten. But back-to-back losing seasons, and people are going to be, you know, upset, to say the least. Yeah. So, well, I mean, this is Mississippi State where, you know, you had, <laughs> excuse me, you had four coaches in four years and you went to four straight Super Regionals and two College World Series under them. I mean, you can find the right guy. Yeah. And especially in a league that gives you so much wiggle room. I mean, you don't have to win 20 conference games. Uh, right. You simply don't have to. Hunter says if State is really bad again, then yeah, it could be talked about. But let's be honest, they're not going to be bad again. I think so. I think that's the correct. The West is a bear, though. I mean, that's just... Oof. It definitely is. But, but it always is. State is one of those bears. Yeah, I mean... They're going to be better this year. Craig and Jackson asking a question that is, this is new to me, but you're obviously more locked in than I am. He said, have you heard the lack of use of the pitching lab? No. I doubt they're not using every bit of resource available. I would be surprised by that. Jason says Lamotis didn't just miracle into the championship, though. He's been in Omaha since he got there, except last year's ridiculousness won't be a losing season. He had two, I mean, obviously 2020 doesn't count. He had two seasons where he was in the College World Series, and then he had last year's terrible season. You know, it, I, He's going to be given every opportunity to bounce back this year. I think he will bounce back, and I think the program's in fine shape going forward. They continue to recruit well. So, Lee, you know, this is all. this is all just... Fun speculation on, oh, a, yeah. on a February uh, Monday. That's all. It, fodder, if nothing else. Liam Benton says, if that's the case, Bianco should have been long gone even though they had won it last year. Well, they never. he never finished last in the West either. That's the thing with Mike Bianco is they were never bad. Not good enough, but they were never year. bad. I think, I, think, I think it was like when they had that number one class, like Kessinger and Dillard, that first year Those when they were, were all freshmen, freshmen yeah. I think they... I think they missed the tournament that year. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, Mike, Mike and Oxford would definitely let me know if I'm wrong. But they weren't great that year. No. You know. But at the same time, we, we, we think about what we're saying. 
one more loss in the regular season last year, and Mike Bianco would have been fired. If they didn't make the no tournament, it would have happened. It, yeah. it would have happened. If they had lost one more game in the regular season, they would have been. he would have been fired. That's not and opinion. That is that is not opinion. That that's is, a fact. That is a that is a fact of life. So, I mean, it was that the, the margins at, at when you're talking about at the top levels, national championship things. The the margins are so thin. You know, it's either success or failure. It's not pretty good. Mississippi State football can enjoy pretty good seasons from now until the sun decides to to finally stop shining. And nobody will ever say anything, you know. State state can be anywhere seven, eight, nine wins a year, and everybody's just happy as can be. Mississippi, excuse me, Mississippi State baseball can't be mediocre. Mississippi State baseball can't be missing, you know, NCAA tournaments. And Ole Miss baseball is the same way. Yeah, they you know? invest and similarly. Bianca won the national title. Bianca won the national title last year. Let him finish last in the SEC this year, and then follow that up with another one, and see what happens. Gone. Yeah, that the honeymoon would end very fast with consecutive years like that. And again, yeah. we don't think that's going to happen. It's none uh, of that's going to happen. No. Who's going to pitch though? Do we? I mean, they've had they've started scrimmaging. Do we have any idea? Because I've seen some concern because they they've been hitting really well, which always the double edged sword. Spring games are the same way. People cheer yeah, when their know, team right? scores a touchdown, and it's like, well, you you just gave up a touchdown. Same thing here. Yeah. The bats are great. In the the yeah. preseason scrimmages, but does that mean the arms aren't? Yeah, you, you you never know. I think they're okay. I think State's got good bats first and foremost. I mean, they've got a lot of pop in that lineup, or at least they should. Um, I think Friday night, you know, what is that? What are we now? Eleven days away. Uh, Friday night start will be Cade Smith. I'll be surprised if the Saturday guy's not Landon Gartman, the transfer from Memphis, and then Sunday's up in the air. I really won't be overly surprised if at least for the first Sunday you see Gerangelo Sanjay out there. Really? Just to so see he's been what good. He can do. I won't be surprised. He's been good, and he's just such a unique I mean, he's a good pitcher, too. I mean, it's the guy who's throwing 94-95 from the right and 91-92 from the left. And they need to figure out what he is going to be for this team. So why not put him out there on a Sunday against a VMI team that you should score 11-12 runs against, let him get some innings, and see what he's got. So I won't be totally surprised if it's him on Sunday. But that Sunday spot is definitely up for grabs. Oh, I can't wait. Hunter says Smith, uh, Casey Hunt would be the first two. I think they they might start Casey Hunt in the bullpen. They might want to give him a chance to be a, a guy there. I, 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 he might start. He might. He could. I won't be totally surprised if he does. But I think he's more of a weapon on the back end between him and Aaron Nixon. Like you like to see one of those guys become. Nobody's ever going to be Landon Sims, but can you be a good closer for Mississippi State? State, State it, that was their huge problem last year. Is they just could not get outs in in the late innings. They 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 constantly they blew leads. They gave away games. They they, they need some some strength in the bullpen this year. We are what is it? Eleven days away. Eleven days from the uh, from first pitch. Yeah. Eleven days away. Super Bowl. Baseball, which is like the Super Bowl for a lot of people around here, anyway. Yes, yes. And, and when is Dove Especially season? For one of our, our and that, oh, that's like find, September, right? And there's some kind of hunting I, season starting. I, there's always some kind of hunting season starting. Yeah, maybe it's alligator season. I don't know. 
Well, I almost accidentally stepped on a wild rabbit yesterday. Walking through the woods looking for uh, for a lake, and there was a rabbit that was like bed down in this brush, and I almost stepped on it. He took off, gave me a heart attack. I thought I mean I I thought I was seriously. Like, I had to calm down because he scared me that much. I mean, just dense woods. I'm just walking and, and just, boom, out shoots this huge rabbit. It was like this big little uh, is it a brown rabbit with like a white tail, I guess. Anyway, fast, just took off. Scared me half to death. Well, there you go. It's worth it, though. We got a new rodent in my house this weekend. Did you really? Guinea pig? Yeah, new, new guinea pig because we had one pass, oh. so we had to get a new one. Yeah. Guinea pigs are cool. They're rodents. Yeah, they they are. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll get to your text when we come back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. time with you. I'm Michael Borky's Brian Haydad. It's turkey season that's next. Shows how much I know. Turkey season. It's coming up in I like turkey. Yeah, Dove is early fall. That's, uh, I got that one right. See, I'm learning, I guess. Yeah, I'm more of a fish guy. I mean, I've been hunting, and it's fine. Are you? Yeah. Guy didn't know crappie and perch for the same thing, for God's sakes. But I had that experience yesterday (laughs) that that hunting has not given me. It's, I mean, the sun was bare. It was like 68 yesterday, and I found this this lake, and it it just had trees, old trees, sticking up out of the whole thing. I mean, a really shallow lake. Got there, was throwing a beetle spin, caught three or four small fish, one crappie, small bass. And then I decided, you know what, I've caught enough. Let me throw put this big popper on, this big topwater, see if there's a, some hogs in here. And that feeling when you're when you're working a topwater, and a bass gets up out of the water and smashes the topwater is not a feeling that I've gotten hunting. So that's why I go fishing because I can't replicate that. You know, sitting in a blind or something like that. That I mean, probably four pounder yesterday, roughly big fish. Awesome and Great. just I mean, full body out of just smacked it, got all the way up out of the water. You can't beat that, man. I I don't know. That's awesome. Hunting doesn't do that for me. Yeah. Never been hunting. And I, I know I like I like to eat the spoils of hunting, but I've never been. Been fishing many times. Only thing I got left to do on the fishing I, I will before I die. A, a true bucket list thing is get out on the boat in the in the gulf, get strapped into the chair and let's get a big one. I, I want to do that. Well, I mean, you're going to be there in April. It's a perfect opportunity. I don't know if we yeah, that, that would interfere in my uh, lounging by the pool. That's a vacation. I that's see. A, the other thing that sounds like some, that sounds like work. I got I got to <laughs> you know make a trip specifically for that. Um, I saw a video earlier. So if like people when they go halibut fishing and stuff up in Alaska, 
they're, they're mm-hmm. fishing in such deep water that they actually use electric reels because reeling baits in and out would tire yeah, you out. Makes it sense. Just, guy had one, and he was sitting on top of a, a hill, and it was just all ice and snow, and he had his kid's sled hooked up to his fishing rod. And the kid went down this huge hill, and Dad just pushed a button, and the fishing rod just reeled him back up the hill. <laughs> now, just let the kid that is the working go. smarter, not harder. Shout out to that dad. Real man of genius. And it's, it's real dad stuff right there. Jacob says he calls that seeing the toilet bowl flush. I mean, just... <laughs> it kind of sounds like it just... It was crazy. I, I mean, I walked for like an hour and a half to get to this yesterday. My legs are all torn up and beaten up from thorns. And I mean, a rabbit scared me half to death. It was worth it, though. There's a couple of guys shooting guns. There's this old beat up house like that you could see through the woods. And they were just out there shooting guns just out in the middle of nowhere. Probably, I mean, I scared them because they probably didn't know that I was walking around. But yeah, one of those days off the railroad tracks. Just a just one of those Mississippi days, man. Loved it. That's awesome. Dwayne says we have to get a picture of you turning uh, blue fishing offshore. I mean, if it ever happens, Dwayne I'm sure I'll take a picture pictures. of you. Mm-hmm. Hunter says there's nothing like watching a huge buck walk out there in front of you. I'm sure that's cool, yeah. Yeah, the big grouper fishing requires electric reels. I want to catch a Goliath. Speaking of bucket list stuff, Goliath grouper is on my bucket list. A grouper that could literally put my yeah. shoulders in its mouth. It's so big. You want you want, you want a piece I, I of want that? I want to catch one of those, man. All right. Make it happen, Captain. Trying to. What does Southern Miss have to do to make the big dance? They have to win the Sun Belt Tournament the in all likelihood. Or Sun Belt Tournament. They, they, if, they, if they won out... And lost in like the conference, or I'm sorry, the Sun Belt Finals. They might make it. They might, but they, it feels like they are one big league. Yeah, and it might be that way for a little while. Might be that way for a little while. But the regular season matters, though. Get those buys in the uh, in the conference tournament. No, uh, no doubt. So we'll be back tomorrow. Of course, we got. Uh, I got a, a fun guest that I'm not going to tell you about. Just going to tease it. Is it just me and you tomorrow? I think so. Okay. I think so. Uh, but a a guy that is up for the Football Hall of Fame and a multi-year participant in the Super Bowl is going to be on the show with us tomorrow to talk about the Super Bowl, which is Sunday All right. and a whole lot more with you guys. For Richard Cross, who is flying up somewhere right now. He's calling basketball tomorrow night. And Brian Haydad, I'm Michael Borky. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3. Y'all have a good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.